FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to part one of an interview with Dr. Lee Merritt. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Tuesday, October 25th in the year 2022. Patriots, I apologize for yesterday and canceling shows. I was on my trip down to Yuba city california and just wasn't possible to get all the shows in so i just kind of took a day off to drive safely (laughs) i guess i'm going through mountains with a lot of trucks and um anyway so we're back on track duncan again is helping this week and and god bless him in helping with getting these shows running live and i just really appreciate all the effort that he puts in but before we begin make sure right in this time which is so critical that you're taking good care of your wealth. Patriots, as you know, the stock market has been in absolute turmoil. And with that also comes an increase in the consumer price index. Inflation is on the rise. So if you're wondering what our illustrious leader is doing to quell the surge of inflation that's destroying American families, you know as well as I do. They're spending more money and adding more burden to the debt, effectively nothing. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated. Do something about it. Text BARDS to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text BARDS to 989898. Again, that's BARDS to 989898. And secure your future with Birch Gold. Do it today. And Patriot Sets. Bards to 989898 to get your info kit from Birch Gold. You'll really be happy you did. So tonight we have two parts of an interview with Dr. Lee Merritt. The first part is now, and the second part will air in lieu of Fishers of Men. So this will be part one now and then part two at 9 o'clock this evening. This is a really interesting interview. We get into some pretty interesting discussions about what the spike protein probably is And as well, in part two, we get into the protocols that Dr. Lee Merritt has been developing with some additions that she and I have been working together on to talk about how to maintain strong health and immune systems and really kind of purge your body of a lot of the stuff that they're trying to get in us. The one thing we have to be very cognizant of is this enemy is very aggressive. They are focused. They are an occult, blood cult, a demonic force that's ruling this world. And they, have, they use everything at their disposal, including spells, blood sacrifice, and the ritualistic 
persecution in so many levels of children. This is a literal war for the spirit and soul of humanity, and it's one that the more information that we can gain and share and awaken others, our, our position becomes stronger, and it's a necessary time. They understand who God is. They're very clear about that. The biggest thing that they it leverages the fact that so many of us in this world, and I will not include myself, so I should say so many of humanity in this world, has walked away from God. So, Patriots, one thing as well as we are in these critical times because so many things are changing is making sure you also maintain a strong defense plan for your home. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. So without further ado, Patriots, let me introduce you to, again, our, almost a regular guest for us here is Dr. Lee Merritt. Remember, this is part one. Part two will air at 9 o'clock Pacific tonight. Patriots, I'm really honored today as just as a regular guest almost anymore as Dr. Lee Merritt. It's a pleasure to have her on, and there's a lot of things we're going to go over today, a lot of things that have happened, and I, and as you know, with the CDC now trying to regulate vaccines, and we're going to get into some discussions about this, what this actual spiked protein may be. But as always, buckle up, because there's going to be a lot of ground we're going to cover and a lot of great things we're going to explore. So Dr. Merritt, welcome to the show. How are you? No, oh, thank you very much. This is my birthday show today. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm spending 70... my birthday with you, Scott. I can't think of a better place to be. <laughs> 70 years old today, right? Is that right? I know. I, I had no idea. Seriously, you look great. So that's that's fantastic. You know, I remember I was kind of sad. I was kind of missed my mom last night. I, when I was 25 years old, I was in medical school. And I remember calling her at 2.30 in the morning just to be funny and to remind her when I was 20, what she was doing 25 years before because I was born you know like so many babies at 2 30 in the morning you know and it's hard for me now to believe that that was 45 years ago i called her oh, oh wow my. yeah so that's time just does pass doesn't it yeah, I, and yeah. i you know almost to that same point it's it's hard to and just kind of bringing it back to kind of our day today and in our day-to-day -day, can you believe we are like two and a half almost three years into this insanity right yeah yeah, that seems longer than the time that I was in medical when I was in medical school. This has been a very, you know, it's it's what did I think Einstein made this point about this is relativity that uh, when you're with a pretty girl, it time you know an hour feels like three seconds, but when you're sitting on a hot stovetop, you know, three seconds seems like an hour. That's exactly what's happening here. Those three years have been just horrible, <laughs> horribly long. Well, happy birthday to you. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, let's let's start a little bit with 
this latest nonsense. The CDC is now trying to regulate child injections. And obviously, the whole core of this is liability release for the manufacturers. Maybe you can shed a little light on some of this. Right. I mean, don't don't let anybody think that they care about your children. This is a massive child sacrifice. And now they want to be indemnified for it. That's all this is. I mean, and it's not, I shouldn't say that's all. That's what this really is. Um, not one FDA advisor, uh, not one FDA regulator, nor did voted to protect the children at any level and government at any level. Nobody tried to stop this. So just be a, just, just let that sink in. Yeah. Some parents complained. And now I have, you know, now I hear, uh, you know, parents are worried that they're going to, their kids are going to go to school and get vaccinated. And my answer to that is that this cannot be a war that's fought by just a few of us. Every parent with a child has a person on the battlefield. Don't put your child in public school where they're going to be injected without your knowledge. You know, I, I, I graduated high school in 1969. Now that I'm an old fart, you know how old I am, I can say that. So I graduated high school in 1969. And in those days, you were pretty, when your parents took you someplace, they were pretty sure you were safe, no matter where they took you. I mean, the neighbors, the park, you know, you walked home from school by yourself. But nowadays, whenever you take your child somewhere, you have to understand they're at risk. Now they're at risk more today than they were in 1969, no matter where you take them. And even that and it turns out one of the least safe spaces, I love the, their term safe spaces, so I'm going to incorporate it. Their least safe spaces is the public school. I mean, besides the transgender nonsense, now they, they've figured that anybody 12 years old and under can make their decision to have a life-changing, potentially fatal vaccine injection that's not even a vaccine. And, and that doesn't even account for them what they're teaching your children and not teaching your children. They're not learning mathematics. They're not learning chemistry. They're not learning the things that would have allowed them to think critically about what happened in this world in the last few years. But they are learning about, you know, gender parity and God knows what else. So um, and communism, they're clearly learning about the communist ethic. So the answer to most of this is parents are going to have to man up and take their kids out of school and homeschool them. And there are lots of ways to do that now. They need to, their church, churches are now realizing that their buildings are sitting empty five days a week. They're opening them up to homeschools. There are homeschool co-ops. Even if you can't personally do it, you can find people that you trust and do it with them and just maybe contribute one day a week or something. So it, there's a way to do this. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I homeschooled my boys and and um, up until they went, one one until he went to junior high and one until about fourth grade. But that's the time frame that's really important. And if it were today, I'd, I, I would have homeschooled them as long as it took to not keep them in this mess. It is amazing to me what, you know, we witnessed doctors who turned their back on empirical science, not the worship of temple science. We have right. teachers that are turning their back on what education is. And I, it is stunning to watch this because it's a willful compliance to the destruction of people and without really any hesitation. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this this is not being run. I mean, we have to get a worldview that actually makes sense. It doesn't make sense if this, if you think this is just an organic, spontaneous drift in the society, that's not what's happening. Society is being driven. 
And we can talk about the Tavistock Institute and the people that learned how to control our minds. But when it goes beyond that, you have to understand that the world is being run by the dark occult. You can argue who these people are at the ultimate end of the story, but dark occultism is simply the occulting of knowledge. Occult means hidden. They're hiding knowledge and they're using their differential knowledge to control the rest of the population. They're, they're probably a very small group of people that are running the world. I mean, they have, they own 80% plus of the corporate wealth, a great deal of the national, much of the natural resources, and now they're gobbling up land. You know, um, they they believe in technocracy. They they believe in the, the idea that we just need to engineer solutions for the world, and they always think there are too many people. Back to the time of Plato, this isn't new. This is just the old religion just keeping going. I mean, this is, it may sound creepy, but we have to understand if you just think this is being run by the local pharmacy uh, or pharmaceutical company, you're wrong. They're being controlled by higher up people or they're part of this, this higher up organization. And, uh, you know, call it the cabal, call it the deep state. But I like to think of it as the dark occult because really it is. These people, I have a feeling, in fact, I, uh, I'll see if I can find this quote, but I have a feeling they know quite well about um, what 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 makes the world run on a, on a physics basis and that what makes us run on a physiologic and emotional basis. My friend Patrick Gunnels from Threadfest, this was his quote, and I think he's exactly right. He said, the secrets of how to manipulate life would not be given freely to us scum. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. You know, yeah, that's perfect. That's what's happening. So so it's kind of like this whole thing about what's happening with the vaccine and what's happening with the disease that we call COVID and all that. Quite frankly, the people running this knew all about it. They knew all about it for years. I mean, I checked into this. This is not rumor. Richard Rothschild does indeed have a patent that goes back to 2015 for COVID testing, COVID-19. It is by that name. Now, I remember when they, you know, in, you know, 2019, when they were just coming out and, the, you know, the, 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 there would be reports, well, we're thinking, the scientists are thinking about what we're going to call this new disease, this pandemic, and uh, it, they're calling it COVID-19, it means this, and they're trying to explain how they came up with this name in 2019. No, they didn't. This has been on the books for probably a decade. This is a planned program. It's not a disease. It's a program. And that's what we got to understand. Well, it's interesting what you say about the occult. I've been hitting this hard on the show and really emphasizing the point that, you know, literally in terms of even like Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, which is principalities beyond our reach. Absolutely. We're dealing with people and whether people embrace it or not, you have to embrace your enemy because they yeah. do blood sacrifices. They do blood rituals. They do these things intentionally to empower dark forces, the dark demonic in the world, the black magic that they yeah. do. And it is a cultish. And they, if a person really wants to be honest and you say, well, I, you know, for example, I don't believe in that. It's like, okay, except they're running the world and you're not. Yeah. You know? yeah, it doesn't matter what you believe. They believe it. And, and that's why they had to close down churches. If you don't believe, you know, the power of prayer, they believe. They believe in it. It's not, they're not atheists. They believed in God. They just worship a different God. And they worship a lesser God. You know, they worship Satan, essentially, Moloch, you know, Baal, call it what you will. It's it's an earthly 
power and they know that the power of them doing this stuff and getting together in groups and chanting or whatever the heck they do has power. And they know that praying to the creator God has power and they don't want us doing it. That's why churches had to be closed. You know, this is... Uh, it, it all sounds very creepy. I really recommend Mark Passio. He's an, he's an interesting guy. I really wanted to try and get him on my show, but I can't get a hold of him. But every once in a while, he was been on Alex Jones. He was, he was a priest for Anton LaVey's Church of Satan years ago. But he, and he, he admits he was in a dark place. He's not there now. He, and now he's spent his life trying to, what he calls, demystify the occult. And he's got some videos about that. And it's worthwhile listening to. Very, very smart and an erudite guy, present great presentation on what this is really all about. But my my mind picture of kind of what he's telling us and what I believe, what I kind of come up to myself kind of independently is that if you think of knowledge like a dartboard, this is my metaphor, but I think it's like a dartboard. And on the inside bullseye are these guys. There are people in this world that know a lot of things. For example, Quiet Weapons for Silent Wars, that book that came out. Well, that was not a book. It was codification of a 1956 meeting. And in that meeting, they talked about barcodes, metadata, and, and, and credit cards. Now, they were talking about how they could jig the, like, put gas prices up, and then they could follow what the, what the population would, how it would respond by comparing purchasing of things, you know, using barcodes and metadata. Now, this was 1956. I could, I was in a grocery store working in 1969. I still had to punch keys and put and, and add the tax in my head. There were no computers. There were no barcodes and there were no credit cards. So these guys in the 1950s knew about things that didn't appear for 30, 40 years. Again, they're at the center of this bullseye. And you and I, you, you know, you and I might have crawled in maybe one ring from the outside, but we're not near the center. And that's what we're struggling with. We don't have the, we don't have whatever, however they got the knowledge, these are ancient, these come down from ancient times and they've, it's a bloodline and they've been, they've been passing this knowledge down to their children, to their children. And it's been going on for a long time. And, and the ultimate ugly reality, I think of this world is this whole world is a ranch and we are the cattle and the cattle are now waking up and we're recognizing the, the fences and we're recognizing what's going on. And then they are going to try and kill a lot of us so that we don't have historical memory. I think this has happened before. Well, I know I agree that's, with this. that's what's going on. No, I fully agree with you. This is, this is not the first time this cycle has happened. I think we can be absolutely yeah. assured. And, and your point about the children there, you're right. They, the blood sacrifice they're they're <laughs> killing our children. This isn't just about, you know, the human trafficking is almost kind of a nice word for it because this is human sacrifice they're doing and it's blood it's it's body parts it's everything i mean they're selling body parts this is you know the the a small glimpse into this world is the and this is kind of like where the deep occult world mixes with the modern world is in china where they have these huge hospitals and I think they're coming down now. I think there's some good news on this event, but for, for decades, they've been farming uh, people in China for, for organs. They've been, using, they've been using the Uyghurs, the, the Muslim subgroup in China, the Uyghurs, and the Falun Gong. And they would type them, blood type them. Uh, they, uh, roughly one in 30 would be put into a detention camp. And then when they had somebody from overseas that needed a new liver or needed a new lung transplant, 
Uh, they'd send in their blood type information. They'd find somebody in their detention camps that had that blood type, and they'd take them and live harvest the organs. That's been going on for a long time. And now I'm, I'm thinking we're starting to take it down. Someone's taking this down because those hospitals are starting to sit empty, which is part of the boom or the, 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 the lack of the boom. I mean, the part of the housing, what they call the housing crash over there, it's really hospital crash. So I got that from one of the people that had been uh, over there trying to save the, the Falun Gong. I mean, it's so bad that people, and it's not like people don't know what's going on that are getting these organs. They will actually request Falun Gong organs because they know that Falun Gong live a life, lifestyle that they don't smoke, they don't drink, they, they exercise, they take care of themselves, they get fresh air, they have the healthiest organs. <laughs> this is the level of creepy world we're in. Oh, it definitely is. And on that, there's a little sidebar on that. When you do that sort of extraction, you're adrenalizing the blood, which means you're getting an organ with adrenalized blood that has to have some sort of effect, a physiological effect, when they put that in the body. Wouldn't you agree? I would think so. And I suspect that they're also getting adrenochrome while they're at it. Why not? It's the most important, expensive drug on the market. And 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 let's keep let's keep this in mind that at the you know, when you look at the world's economy, in the in the age of the the East India Company, they found out that drugs are the most there there were so they were they were really a great way of making money. That's the committee of three hundred and probably their descendants are kind of running this show, but that's they they made huge amounts of money on the opium trade to China, and then they then they realized that slave trade was actually even more you know profitable, and so the slave runners were making tons of money. But then slavery kind of had some issues, and then it went to you know sex trafficking, human trafficking, and the best, the most, the highest pay on this whole pyramid is organ trafficking. It's insane. So organ, adrenochrome, you know, blood products, uh, body parts, that is the the highest return on your investment in the world. So I understand. It makes sense too. It does. And and this occult, as I, I mapped this out the other day, when we start talking about sacrifices, there is a there's different types of sacrifices, obviously. And what is appearing right now is you have this back to the schools and why this is really important for them. They're hungry for youth because it's a pure soul. The children have a pure soul, highly valued in the, in their occult rituals. So if they can get a child confused sexually to start embracing a choice of free will, that is one sacrifice. If they can get a child to um, agree to having mutilated, having their, their, genitals modified in any form, that's another sacrifice. If they can um, sexually exploit them, that's a yet another sacrifice. And then if and then whatever else comes after that. So there there are levels of these types of sacrifice within their rituals, then there is an aggressive move right now in their ritualistic move on this world in that optic, which is, you know, basically we have to put a biblical lens on the world to understand what we're dealing with. Cause this is right out of the ancient times, whether it's the worship, like we've already said, the worship of Baal Moloch, the golden calf, it's all the same principles. Yeah. It's the same principles and probably the same bloodline doing it. Um, uh, you know, 
in Palmyra, they had the gate or the uh, the Arch of Baal. It was uh, the, the, to give your child sacrifice to Moloch or to Baal. I guess that's the same, it's different names for the same person, same deity. And so they had an arch and you had to, it was one way in and one way out. If you're going to go sacrifice a child or calf, I guess anything, but Moloch was particularly, uh, this was child sacrifice. You walk through this arch and you sacrifice the child and then you had to go back out through the arch for whatever reason. That's part of the religious thing. Now these people are standing up a thousand arches of Baal around the world in a thousand cities, full size reproductions. They just put one in Central Park in New York City. Um, the guy who wrote the, the, he's a Jewish rabbi, he wrote the, the book Harbinger. He was there when they unveiled it a few years ago in New York. And he said, if we let this continue, the wrath of Babylon is, you know, what they did to Sodom and Gomorrah is coming to us. We have to, we have to understand what's really going on here. And it's that, I mean, it's that overt. Here's another point. The two days that the FDA voted to uh, inject children with these experimental potentially fatal injections. It was October 29th of 2021. They did the five to 11 year olds. And then they just did in June, on June 21st, they did the uh, six month to five year olds. And why are those dates important? Because those are two high holy days for this, what they call the old religion, what we call Satanism. Interesting. And then they just recently, then what we have just in the last couple of days, they voted to approve that into schools with the children. And I haven't matched those days yet, but what is Yeah, important? I have to see. What's this date? Is this some kind of... <laughs> well, but it is important because this month... Oh, is... yeah. No, this... it is. It's Samhain. We're already in Samhain. We're in yeah. Samhain. So, this, the, so yes. this is a year from the last time they did this, when they started the children. So it starts October 10th, I believe, this month. Yeah. And it goes to October 31st. So we're about we're just midway right now right. in that crossing. And that's when they do the... That's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and we're just in such a state for the most part in the world still that people are just barely beginning to raise their eyes up and say, Oh, wait a minute. Maybe that does have a different meaning when in fact we're literally living under the umbrella of everything that we do. Every holiday they create, every event they do is tied to their religion and we're obediently going along. And then they're mapping Christian values and other religious events to their dates. So they've, they've absconded with the other religions and by free will, people are being channeled right into join in their worship. Halloween's a great one. People yeah. out here, out here dancing around saying it's a great event. And you're like, uh, folks, you're like at the pinnacle of the sacrifice month when you're doing that. Right. Right. And children disappear on Halloween. There's no question that there's, this is a month where children disappear this whole month. Um, well, and then here's another point. Part of that religion, the ancient uh, Babylonian Talmud or whatever they call it, is that I'm not guilty of murder if I don't do it directly. In other words, if I t one of the examples, I think this is I had I listened to someone that was quoting the actual text. This it was an example would be if I tied somebody up in their kitchen so they couldn't feed themselves and just left them there and they starved to death. I'm not guilty because they just couldn't feed themselves. Right. They, I didn't kill them. They just couldn't feed themselves. Well, think about the vaccine. Now, it's my, I believe, I've come to believe that the, in, because um, they can't find mRNA in these vaccines. 18 labs around the country have not found mRNA. They're all finding the same things. Hydrogel, reduced graphene oxide, and metal pieces. Metal, not pieces like metal atoms of different uh, metals. So what's this all about? Well, 
let's suppose, and I do believe this is it, let's suppose these vaccines are, they kill you and they make you ill, not because they do it directly, although the graphene oxide does. I don't know if they meant to do that. I think that might've been a mistake on their part, but it's the, it's the long-term effect of these things. And it's because it shuts down your toll-like receptors that, pre that, that prevent you from being overwhelmed by your parasites that you already have in your body. This is, there's something about, you know, this whole thing with parasites. So if I give you a vaccine and it doesn't kill you directly, but it releases the parasites to then take over your body and it kill you, I'm not guilty. And I think that's happening. I think that is the basis of these vaccines is artificial and natural parasites. I mean, you remember the remember George Carlin, the seven words you couldn't say on TV that were always so funny, the dirty words that now you can say all of them, these words. Nobody cares. Um, even the F-bomb, you can throw that around on national TV nowadays. Nobody cares. But they care about if you say these six words, and that is nitazoxanide, chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, fenbendazole and chlorine dioxide. And those are all parasitic drugs. Absolutely. There's six anti-parasitic drugs. And if you say, if you suggest that chlorine dioxide could actually help treat certain things, including COVID, you can go to jail. So I would never say that. I would never tell anybody to use that. I just happen to use it myself and have a protocol on my website. Yeah. Right. So no, I don't, are, I'm not telling you to do it though. Well, no, it's like <laughs> I always say, I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. I don't play a doctor on TV. I'm not a financial advisor. But I'm going to tell you what I do, and then you can do your own research, and that's, right. that's basically it, right? Now, this is this is quite amazing, and I, I do want to dig into this because you and I've had a lot of conversations recently, in particular, about this changing our look at what this spike protein and what this injection is. And of course, I mentioned it to you, and I think you've already seen the film as well, the James Bond. Um, not a good day to die or no time to die, whatever the la most the latest iteration is. They literally in the film, he is pursuing a guy who has developed or a, a secret lab that was funded by the by MI6 that was <laughs> done to create this new type of weapon system, which was a biosynthetic nanoparasite. And, wow. And when they, it's funny because... Brad Cummings had said, you know, I, I just watched this. Have you seen this film? And I was like, no, haven't seen it yet. And I'm kind of rolling my eyes. It's like, I don't want to see another James Bond because I'm, I'm looking at it from the optic of here we go again. We're, we're killing off yet another character like Hollywood loves to do lately. And I'm just kind of now. And he goes, you need to watch it. So I, I watch it and I, I like, man, this is something. So I, um, I, notified him and I said I did watch it pretty interesting in the meantime I find a an article about Elon Musk that in the comments leads me to the latest interview with Karen that you were your uh Dr. Karen I can't think of her last name Kingston Karen Kingston yeah Karen Kingston and she's there on that show with Stu Peters talking about the exact thing so I'm on the phone with Brad, I text that to you and you text me back and go, I'm sitting right next to Karen Kingston right now. I mean, this is like, <laughs> yeah, synchronicity. Like God's like, okay, I need you all to come together and realize what this is because they right. always tell us before they do it. That is part right. of their, that's another part of this cult is they believe that if they tell us they're excused from responsibility because we're using, we've been notified and then we're using our free will to go along with it. So you've had some conversation with, with uh, Dr. Karen Kingston. 
What are your thoughts? Yeah, on no, so yeah, now she's not a doctor. She's a Pfizer whistleblower. So okay, the beauty of this okay. is there are all sorts of people from all walks of life coming together. A lot of us had the same. I mean, you and I have been talking about this. A lot of people, we've been having the same ideas and we've kind of, you know, it's all congealing. It's coming down, I think, to a, a more more understanding of this. You know, Celeste Solom, I'll, I'll give some shout outs because Celeste Solom is the former FEMA person who has been researching all the DARPA stuff. And she also has talked about some of this stuff. Um, and then Karen Kingston just now and and Brian Artis, for example, and the five docs. I'm, uh, I'm, I think everybody knows who they are. The you know, we we sit around and talk about this all the time. So between all of us, we all it's all the pieces of the puzzle we're starting to put together in spite of these psychopaths that are hiding knowledge from us. So, you know. And 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 as you and I have talked multiple times, it's a combination of things. It's not any one thing. It's not just as simple as certainly it's not a virus. The one thing you can tell, now, one thing I can tell you, it's not an airborne virus. So when the when this when um, we came out that all these labs are not finding RNA, I called Karen Kingston about six eight weeks ago, and I said, "What do you make of that?" And she said, "Well, it could be that just when it's in out of frozen." storage if more than 10 weeks that just goes away. And I kind of said, nah, Karen, I'm raising my BS flag on that one because don't you watch CSI? I mean, how do we do all this genetic studies on things that are long dead? I, I There's got to be something wrong there. But in any case, now she's done more looking into this and she she uh, she went back and she found a paper by Ralph Barrick. You know, I, I read some of the Ralph Barrick's papers, but I guess I didn't go far enough back. So she actually found one where he says or something that he wrote said, yeah, the spike protein. So I think they did harvest something out of bats and they knew it was hooking the ACE2 pathway. That's why they've been, they have been studying bat genetics for a long time in some way. Somehow they can study it, but they, they, they looked for a long time. They couldn't, they, they just could, but he admits he could not make it work. In other words, they were clearly trying to make a bioweapon, but they couldn't make that, that what they had created that's out of natural organic stuff. They could not make that infectious to humans, apparently, or to other animals. So, the next thing, the next thing is she started doing a patent research and she discovered uh, genetically engineered hydrogel. Now, hydrogel is an, you know, it's a, it's a synthetic material. It's like a polymer that's cross-linked that absorbs water. So your soft hydrogel is used in, in uh, lens replacement for people with cataracts. It's used in your soft contacts. It's a, it's a class. It's a, it's, we've had this in industry for a long time, hydrogel. But now there's a thing called smart hydrogel. And this is hydrogel that has been designed to respond to external stimuli, whether it's wavelength, heat, cold, humidity, et cetera. So that's called smart hydrogel. Now let's take it another step further. So smart hydrogel, we can change its 3D conformation based on an external stimulus. But then let's take it a step further and make it kind of a synthetic life form. Let's give it some genetic quality. So now we have, and I don't know the exact details of how they do this, but it's called genetically engineered hydrogel. And it now actually grows and reproduces itself and can be programmed genetically. You know, genetic code is a digital code. You can, you know, you can, it's, you can computerize genetic codes and play with them. So they can do this. So now what appears to be the case is that as and I said this from the get-go, I said this from 2020, February 2020, this is not a viral natural occurring disease. This is a bioweapon. Well, this is the bioweapon. So apparently this is a hydrogel that has two conformations. It's, it, it, it's created to mimic the spike protein and it can be in a triangular form or it can be in a diamond shape. And one, and I think it's the triangular form. The triangular form 
can hook into your ACE2 pathway, but not the diamond form. So the other thing I said early on is this is not acting like an airborne infection. This is acting like a contact toxin or poison. So I think they, my, my belief is that this was spread around in Wuhan as a contact thing, this, this hydrogel. It can be spread on surfaces. People pick it up. They get it in their mouth. They get it in them, and they, they get some of this in them, and it starts kind of reproducing maybe. And then to make it conform to the part to the to the triangle shape that gets into your ACE2 pathway they turn on 5G they turn on a specific wavelength that can radiate from those towers and keep in mind those towers that they're put up they're not just about cellular phones they're about um all sorts of you know they're about broadcasting anything they want to broadcast putting out a wavelength so they 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 people are all People, a lot of people have come in contact with this poison, but it isn't activated until they turn on the 5G, which happened on October 19th, 2019. Now, three things happened that day. It was the first patient showed up in Wuhan and uh, the military hospital next to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Event 201 was going on. And they, you know, like as you were talking about, they love these symbolistic things. And then the third thing was that this this rollout this this rollout of five G was turned on. It was fully implemented by December. They had I've got the brochure talking about how Wuhan is the you know is the prototype city for China for their five G rollout. So it's it's all on paper. We know this to be true. And then Lombardy was also a five G area, also where a lot of Chinese went back and forth, easy to spread this stuff, and New York City. And beyond that. Um, yes, it, it spread, spread to other places, but it wasn't like this. If it had been airborne at the talk at the at the dying level we saw it in, saw in Wuhan and Lombardy, for example, and at the at the transmission rate, it would have gone all over the world. You know, just like like lightning or like like a forest fire blowing through all these cities. It didn't do that. It basically was very controlled. So that was step one, and then. You know, as that burned out, step two was simply the false testing that converted every disease from, you know, strep throat to to flu to, you know, whatever into COVID. So everybody got scared and fear drove them to do bad decisions. And then the third phase of the thing was you the bad decisions drove people to take injectables that, again, had this uh, hydrogel in it. Now, Karen Kingston's belief is that the hydrogel is actually not just A.I., created artificial intelligence created but that it's actually you know has ai it's ai itself and i said to karen at this meeting when i when you texted me and i said oh i'm sitting right next to her i just gotten done asking her i said okay are you telling me you think ai has left the lab that it's become sentient and it's and it's running this whole show it's been doing this for, for a while she said yes now I'm not sure I believe that. I don't believe that yet, but that's, I mean, I could be wrong. Sam Sigaloff, he's a major in the army. He has that impression too, but he, my son is actually in this kind of w the world of satellites and he's an electrical engineer. And, and I, I jokingly call him, which isn't really a joke, I guess, a blue wizard. He's one of these guys that that works on connecting satellites and making them smarter. And and I said to him, I asked him the question, do you think AI is sentient that it's, it's self propelling and self-actuating like a human being now and it's taken over the world and he said nah he said biggest argument against that is i wouldn't have a job <laughs> and he's right you know you don't need humans if that's true i think there's some insight into this when we look at operational or project aladdin which is larry fink's um 
AI system, and it's so massive because it's running about 70% of the Western financial system. Mm. It, I don't see it. I don't believe that it's sentient, but it is, it is massively advanced. And the point is it's so big and it's got so many autonomous capabilities that it would appear at times as if it was sentient because it's, it has I think that that's much reach. It. Uh, singularity in my opinion is only going to occur when we, when we reach, um, when we get connect humans to the to the machine, basically in their model of transhumanism, that's when singularity or, or consciousness in the because we are the consciousness we bring. We are the consciousness. Now that I buy, and that's what they're. This could be what this is going to, because it does appear that this hydrogel and the graphene oxide and everything and all the metal pieces. One of the things it seems to be doing is doing self assembly within the body. And again, when that self assembly gets out of control, you have these big white clots. I mean. You know, to explain, to 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 put her philosophy, her belief into clinical. Let's let's say if it if it, you know when you somebody comes out with a theory of a disease, then you got to say, does it explain the disease that we see clinically? Well, we see a couple things clinically. The first thing we see is we see the early blood clots that kill people, the brain clots, the 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 you know cardiac sudden death early on. Those are from those are probably the the, the graphene oxide. This is just me talking. I don't have you know fancy papers to back this up. I'm just saying, if you look at what we see clinically, we're not seeing the white clots kill people within days. That's just standard blood clotting. And that, you know, when you give people graphene oxide, and this is graphene behind me, that's the picture of it, but it's supposed to, it's a flat sheet mm -hmm. and flat confirmation matters. So flat graphene, it sucks electrons out of every place it can get electrons. And your body, the way you keep your flow of your vessels, your blood flow going, is there are electrical charges, negative electrical charges around all your red blood cells, around all your cells and around your arterial lining and your vein lining. And that's what repels each other. So nothing sticks together and it keeps flowing in a nice flow. Well, this stuff goes through there like, you know, like a hot knife and it just sucks out all the electrical charges, the negative elect the electrons. And so now things clump together. That's why we see that with people at right at right after the vaccine, they have this rouleau formation, which is like the red blood cells are all stacked up on each other. Well, and that can cause early clotting, but that can be treated if you take carbon 60 right away. Carbon 60, I mean, I again, I can only prove this by talking about people who have done that and seen the low formation go away. But in theory, carbon 60 is one of the best, if not the best chemical electron donor we have because it's the antithesis. It's a buckyball of carbon and it deli and it delivers electrons to negate the effect of the carbon uh, of the graphene as it goes through the vessel. I also think based on talking to the developer of carbon 60 that probably graphene is going to get excreted over some time frame not a long time frame in the liver because Graf graphene oxide does. I mean, because carbon 60 does, it gets discreted in the liver. So that's a short-term problem. But these artificial parasite stuff, this hydrogel, that's the long-term thing that probably makes these white long clots that the, 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 uh, uh, the embalmers are taking out of people. That then they're creepy. Some of them move, according to this one guy, and they they don't necessarily die in formalin, and it's it's very creepy stuff. And we're finding all sorts of non. Uh, Mike Adams has been studying them. They're, it's got non-human elements in there. I mean, it's but what they what this hydrogel appears to do, and how it would create those is it sucks the nutrients just like other parasites. It sucks the nutrients from you, so it's taking your 
calcium. It's taking your nutrients from the bloodstream and it's incorporating it into itself and growing. And that could be the, you know, this could be the out of control phase of this stuff. So I is it out of control or I think I, I would argue there's probably two dimensions to this one. They were very specific about targeting certain age groups in particular, the elderly right. they wanted them out of the way because they are, uh, they are sucking the lifeblood out of their profits by having to them having to pay out social security. So we know that. Right. <laughs> the, um, the other part of this, which we've talked about before, is getting the mix right. They were these mixes. Right. I don't think are accidental. No, I think it's an intentional issue of trying to find the right blend and mix, which is being profiled very specifically. It's getting down to age type, age, and weight, and you know specific body types. This is essentially the foundation foundation of a genomic weapon system. And this is what's interesting is as a genomic weapon system, when they came out with when that idea got pushed into the media, it was amazing how many pundits came out and said, No, 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 this is garbage. We can't do it. It's impossible to do. When you consider what's in the James Bond film, I go back to this again. The idea of using a parasite yep. in the body. And then being able to sequence something with a person's DNA that that parasite will then be able to be steered to do. That makes that genomic weapon system viable. And I personally think they've created it. I think that yeah. what Russia has been uncovering is probably something even darker in that terms. But I think that we've been exposed as a, as a humanity through primarily through this injection to a genomic weapon. Now, I'm just going to caveat this because the one thing that strikes me, and you just you were hitting on it a minute ago, a minute ago, most of this stuff is, in my opinion, expels through the body naturally. Otherwise, two things wouldn't be happening. One, they wouldn't need boosters, and two, they we wouldn't need to be sprayed all day long with their chem chem spraying. And so, I think that if we're looking at what's going on in the body there's been a lot of talk about growing this in vegetables having it in food if they could do it that easily they would have already done it mm -hmm. so the injection the delivery mechanism into the blood and using a needle to do it seems to be a to necessary that. way of, of having yeah. to get it in the body would you agree well, yes. Um, I think I think there's something that they have to get into us that way. Now, the question is, it, you might be able to make it so that it, um, I think it probably is the most efficient way. I, I have a feeling you could probably ingest it through, you know, uh, beer seems to be good for nanobots. So maybe through alcohol or just through your food, you could get it into you, but it isn't in the right dosage. And it's not as easy. If there's something better, they really, really, really want you to be injected. You're right. It's really an injection. And and I think the other aspect of this is that, again, a lot of this was disinformation. I have a feeling, you know, the MIT study that said, oh yeah, this mRNA gets into your uh, DNA. Well, okay. Um, apparently, uh, Ralph Barrick, the guy that has the first sequence for SARS-CoV-2 and all this working back coronavirus from 2013, um, and actually it went back earlier than that, Michael Callahan published this stuff probably out of the Ukrainian labs in 2012. 
in 2002. So no, that's actually, we go way back. The enemy is us. But these guys didn't seem to have it down. And I think that there's disinformation. Like I went to Feng Zhang is the, he's a Chinese American. Um, his name means tip of the spear, by the way, in Chinese, you can take that or leave it. But I just thought it was interesting. But he, he runs the Zhang lab. He's a famous guy and he is an MIT. He's got the Zhang lab and that is, a, he's credited with CRISPR, the CRISPR technology that was leaked to us um pre-programmed into our brains from an old X-Files uh, show. The, CRISPR has been in the people, people, lots of people now on the street will know what CRISPR is, but is it really doing what we think it is? I mean, he's credited as being the guru of gene editing, but he said right in his website, this is what he says. He says, you know, when we talk about gene editing, we really can't insert genes very precisely. We can do gene knockout, which is what I'm talking about, like knocking down the gene for your certain immune uh, capabilities, but we can't do precise gene editing. Now, this is the guy who developed CRISPR and that's kind of shocking, but here's what his PhD was actually in. It was called optogenetics, and they use wavelength to stimulate and, and maneuver nerve function. So again, I think that this is a combo of wavelength and the artificial parasite. You know, so yeah, make of it what you will, but you got to have both, and you got to have. You're right. There's a reason that they have to inject people. Doctor Midday, Carrie Midday has been doing a lot of work in the healing aspect. And one of the big mm -hmm. things she's really pushing now is the resilience of the human body and how difficult yep. it is literally to kill us, if you will, which is like <laughs> yeah, their main we're, goal. Right? We're tough. It is. So when you start to look at what you're saying and you start to model this, there's two critical things that jump out at me, especially from my background. One is the power of the mind. So there is an effect here, an MK Ultra effect that's going on of, of conditioning people to accept that they've been defeated and that they've yes. been, and they can't yes. escape this. The genetic stuff, I mean, I, Robert Malone, I think he's a total controlled opposition dude because he's right. been, the guy comes out of nowhere after supposedly having invented mRNA and now he's on the great saving of the humanity tour and everybody's buying that one, kind of like Tulsi Gabbard, but anyway. So there's a, there's a lot of nonsense that's in there and it takes people down the wrong avenues and we miss the critical point of the parasitic approach. So when you really look at this, um, the, the psychological piece is massive and it's massive because as people believe something, they will now live into that reality. And even worse is that I truly believe that we have more of a quantum center of our soul. So not only can we believe it, but we can manifest it. So we, we can, can manifest a degraded DNA within us. It's it's basically just like turning our back on everything we are and believing into a new reality. That potential exists there. Yeah. And then the other component of this is the is the parasitic piece, which, as you've already stated, those words, those medicines that we reference, they they block immediately, and that parasitic piece can emulate as many of the things that they say mRNA is doing by simply draining the energy out of your body. You already mentioned it with graphene oxide because it sucks all the electrons out. That's draining energy out of the body. And as we drain down, people become slower, lethargic. They get brain fog. They, all these things start to happen. If you're draining energy, your heart mechanisms, your, your heart's an electromagnetic engine. So it's going to start degrading that as well. You're going to see many of these disruptions. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and 
what's worse than to think that you, you know, we're, we're conditioned, we've been taught in school, when this is also probably not true, but we've been taught in school that your DNA, you're born with it and you die with it, and it's it doesn't change. And then they claim now they've changed it. So if you're a patient and you realize that you've taken these things and now you're, you're a doctor, I mean, you're a doctor and you know just enough of this genetics to be dangerous like I used to. And I believed it. See, the problem was we believed what they told us and it wasn't completely right, but it gives you a fatalistic outlook if you took this vaccine. And that's exactly what you're saying. Well, I can't do anything about it. It's a DNA thing. So I'm just going to have to live with it and pretend it isn't real. That's the wrong. That's what they want us to believe. What we need to what instead we can believe is, no, it's not what they told us. There's an easy and fairly uh, inexpensive treatment to get ourselves out of this potentially, and we should all be doing it. And that's what they don't want us to know. Think about how they went out of their way. You know, the FDA actually told under whose authority, under the, the, told the United States Postal Service to interdict packages from overseas of ivermectin and destroy them. There was a time when 40% of the packages coming from overseas pharmacies that contained ivermectin were being destroyed by the United States Postal Service because the FDA told them to. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. They, they've gone to all the pharmacy boards and they've made it made it so that pharmacists won't prescribe, won't, won't administer, even if a doctor prescribes it, they won't dispense ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and these drugs. And then chlorine dioxide. Now, chlorine dioxide, the problem there is Industry uses it extensively, so they can't do the same, can't play the same game they play with ivermectin. They can't take it off the market because it's everywhere. Every bit of food that you eat that's fresh in the grocery store has probably been sanitized with chlorine dioxide. They use it in dairies. They put it in cows, increases the milk, milk production without hormones, etc. So it's all over the place. Water purification, water treatment plants, you name it. Well, so now on that one, they really go after you because it's dirt cheap. The even people that can't afford the people, the other group of the people they might want to get rid of the the unskilled labor that can't afford these expensive, more expensive medicines, even from overseas pharmacies. They can be they can get chlorine dioxide. They can make it in their homes. They can treat themselves and they can they can save themselves from parasites and lots of things to prevent that. What they've done is thrown people in jail. So, you know, you've got Bishop Grennan and his sons that were just running a mission. I mean, they were just doing it for free. They were giving this stuff away. Yes, they asked for donations, but they gave it away to sick people and save people's lives all over the world from Africa, Colombia, you know, uh, Dominican Republic, all different places. And for their trouble, they got put into jail simply by reporting on the fact he had a radio show down in Bogota and he reported on the Internet that that people all over the world were calling him saying this chlorine dioxide was curing COVID. And he just reported that. And then they sent the FDI, sent the Colombian police to arrest him. And he's been in jail with his sons for over two and a half years. And his charges are fraud, which is a little hard to believe because he wasn't selling the stuff and crimes against the United States. <laughs> Nice. There you go. That's a guess. Why not I love that invent, one. Yeah, just let's invent something because we don't want to affect <laughs> Pfizer's stock value. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's you can't make this up. It's no, really you unbelievable. Can't, you can't at all. Well, Patriots, that concludes part one of the two-part interview with Dr. Lee Merritt. The second part will air in, in lieu of Fisher's event this evening at 9 p.m. Pacific. These are just really important interviews to be listening to. And this week is going to be packed with a lot of this. 
and just trying to put some context and some depth into the type of war that we're facing and the type of enemy that we're confronting. The one thing we always have to remember is that God is with us always, but it's our responsibility now to stand like never before. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time we have and this continued revealing of truths we have into this world. We just ask that you'll continue to guide us and drive us forward in the pursuit not only of knowledge, but in the application of that knowledge with your wisdom into the actions in this world. Let us seek deep into your wisdom and your guidance. Let us follow the directions clearly as you point us forward, following truly with the strength of our faith to confront this enemy, to stand boldly, to never bow and in the end, subdue that which has tried to take hold of this world. Guide us and protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, again, I'll see you in two hours. Again, I'll see you at 9 p.m. Pacific for the second part of this interview. Until then, or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor 
will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 